0: I make a part in About Time too, about not playing the and It was free through all, and I heard him say you bought my Borderlands But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable
1: Hello and welcome to Keep Off The Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free For All. And in this episode, well, I was hoping to bring you something a little bit different. Unfortunately, I've had to set back what I'd initially planned, as the whole family have been suffering from the most horrendous cold I think I've ever witnessed. I say the whole family, Um, I, fortunately, have been able to avoid becoming infected. But being surrounded by people coughing through the night has meant a few sleepless nights for me. So I'm, I'm suffering in a slightly different way to everyone else. But there you go. So what I'm going to do is just respond to some messages I've received and open a few more envelopes. Hi, this is new me interrupting old me just to say that it's been absolutely insane around here my wife has had a cold flu thing for about three weeks now my eldest daughter has also been suffering and she had a temperature last night we ended up having to do a covid test this morning although i don't suspect she has got covid because everyone else (laughs) everyone else around me is ill and they don't have it also My youngest daughter was taken into hospital last week because I noticed she was breathing very rapidly and she ended up on oxygen for a few nights. Uh, But that's all good. She's good. She's home. She's fine. It's just, you know, been a bit of a struggle. So there, back to the irregular unscheduled program. So I've got a bunch of messages from Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. And also a couple of messages from BJ of the Arcane Alienist. Um, both of BJ's messages touch on things that Jason mentioned. So I'll, uh, I'll group those messages together so I can kind of respond accordingly.
2: Okay, pulling and Norton here, you haven't opened up All Rolled Up yet. I am currently backing a Kickstarter Kickstarter from All Rolled Up, which is, of course, um, Cthulhu Punk 2E. Looking forward to that coming through. I don't know that I'll ever run it. Um, I've played in it before. I think Cthulhu Punk works very well, or Cthulhu Hack. Ha. Not Cthulhu Punk, Cthulhu Hack 2E. Uh, anyway, Cthulhu Hack works fine. I played it I played at one of the um, Grog Meets, one of the virtual Grog Meets, the original one, I think. And, yeah, I, I think it's a good enough system. I have all the adventures, everything published at the moment for it. But I look forward to getting a good hard copy of it because I only have it on PDF. Um, as far as your Chromatic Dungeons, or whatever that earlier one was called, I mean, no offense by saying it that way, I just don't remember
0: what it was called... Hey Spencer, it's BJ. Uh, Enjoyed your latest episode. Thanks for uh, that review of uh, the Chromatic Dungeon. I I went and downloaded the the PDF, and uh, I don't know if I'd ever used the the system itself to play, Um, but I do like the approach that I might look at in the future of incorporating that distinction between ancestry and heritage because I think it's really important to, you know, it's very realistic and logical to say, you know, there's there's what's in your DNA, and then there's, you know, the things you learn based on the time and place you're raised and the culture you're raised in. So I thought that was a good a good, interesting take they had on that in a way that still fits with kind of an old-school, more or less, approach to, to uh, role-playing games. So thanks for that.
2: You, you gave us a good idea what the creator's vision is with the Chromatic Dungeons. And again, if that's wrong you I apologize. I'm going to go off my faulty memory. But the the creator talked about innovative mechanics and all this other happy stuff. You didn't talk about any of that. What the heck, Spencer? Come on. You know when I do an unboxing, I sit down, open up the book, and we, we go through the book together. That's why I have those two-hour unboxings. I expect the same from you, my friend. Wait, that—that that was a different life. Never mind. You. But if you do want to review it and tell us what the innovative mechanics are at some point, that—that'd be kind of interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to hear it. Okay, back to the
1: show. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. So uh, the Cthulhu hack. I'm not sure. I really want to get into that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of involved myself in in far too many. Kickstarters of late and um, so I'm I'm trying to be a little more discerning in what I back you know I don't doubt Cthulhu hack second edition is going to be a great product and the black hack which the Cthulhu hack is a hack of um, the black hack is a great system and really really helped to ease me back into gaming. I think the black hack is very good at what it does. But, but I know there are other rules-like approaches to Cthulhu. Um, I know there's Tiny Cthulhu, there's Cthulhu Dark, which is, uh, yes, yeah, something that I do have, but I've not actually delved into, and Rats in the Walls as well, which I think is a hack of Into the Odd. And if I was going to use a system that I was familiar with to explore Cthulhu, I think it would be either Cthulhu Dark or rats in the walls. And, and, and that's not to forget that I've got the great Kula of Cthulhu starter set. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for your call there, BJ. As for Chromatic Dungeons, um, well, to me, an unboxing is me opening a box, marvelling at the contents, and making a quick assessment of the content and explaining why I purchased it which wasn't necessarily for the innovative mechanics. It was more the approach to the development of the game that interested me, the approach of the developer. This wasn't just paying lip service to identity politics uh, just to push a few more units. I felt that Roderick was really making the effort to reach out to members of marginalized groups getting them involved in its development. An attempt at a more sensitive approach that I I felt made the product worth supporting. Besides, I'm far too busy unboxing stuff to actually read any of it. Um,
2: (laughs) Okay, another Norton, because you just broke your letter opener. Spencer, the Swiss Army Knife Tinkerer model is the proper implement to open a box with. Okay, let's
1: see what's in the box. Now, you see, I do have a box opener, but I was being lazy. I opened an envelope, then I used the letter opener to open the box, and that's where I come unstuck. Um I'm sure the Swiss Army knife is a top drawer box opener. Probably a little bit fiddly for me with my uh, low dex score, so I will stick with the box opener that I have, which is perfectly adequate. But thanks for your concern and thanks for the recommend.
2: I skipped the desanction. Maybe was that was the desanction the one the Frankenstein RPG when they were talking about hero points and they said the desanction had the worst one because he had one point point you couldn't do anything with it per session or something. One of the games they were pretty down on. I thought it was desanction, Maybe not. But that's not why I skipped the desanction. The reason I skipped it is because I can't imagine I'd ever get anybody to play it with me. You, you know, unfortunately. Um, unlike that nautical adventure RPG from um, William Hope Hodgson, which I, I expect people to be beating down my door any day to want to play that with me.
1: What attracted me to the de-sanction was the setting. Was it the fifteen hundred sixteenth 16th century? You know, the idea of prisoners forced to use outlawed magic to defend Elizabethan England that, that really appealed to me. I don't remember the guys on Frankenstein's RPG talking about de meta metacurrency, but... Uh, worth? There's meta currency that you can't use. I guess there's no harm in ignoring it. Then is there?
2: <laughs> that Story Masters set sounds like a great little starter's game for, like you say, for a, for a young and to bring them into the hobby. Very cool. Um, I've got some game books that are set up for multiple people, for multiple players. I need to look and see what they're called. I forget what they're called. They're old British ones. Uh, what, what else? Oh, I know what I was thinking You know, the thing that worries me Unnecessarily about Story Masters It talks about having a code you scan To pull the map up or whatever I worry about long term support for that You know, will, will you still be able to scan that code And get the same result When when she runs the, that game for her children That worries me Probably unnecessarily Okay, let's hear your next unboxing by the way, I appreciate. I think you'd appreciate a message out of order. So, reference Morkborg. Yeah, I would definitely be happy to play Morkborg with you and Carl. Maybe we can figure it out. You know, do one afternoon for U.S. time, evening, your time. Or you'll have to let us know what works for you. I'm willing to get up morning, your time. I'm not sure if Carl is. But, I'm not so sure about playing Morkborg as a dead serious game. I, I think something like Morkborg needs to be a in the world it presents should be approached with some sense of humor if only that dry stiff upper dry humor stiff upper lip you British bring to things but yeah I don't know it, it kind of goes that horror game you're, you're doing I'm not saying TJ can't make it a serious and, and scary for the listener game because I think TJ has editing skills to do that But no way do I think that with a group of players you've assembled, you guys can play a serious game without jokes being cracked and and fun being had. Um, I I, I almost think it'd be a mistake to try to do it because by trying to stifle that, you you would hurt your own creativities. I'm not saying that you individually can't play serious games, but with that group assembled, I I think it's a, a tough challenge. So I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Um, but again, regardless of the joking at the table, I'm sure TJ can work his magic and make it sound very serious in the final product. So, but that's all I'm going to call in for this episode. Thank you for sharing it, and I uh, congratulations on all, all that you've accomplished, and
0: I will talk to you again soon. And you can add my name to the list of uh, people who would be happy to play Mork Borg with you if the... Uh, <laughs> if logistically we could ever make it happen. I know we're half a planet apart <laughs> geographically, so. But who knows, you know, sometimes things work out and you can do stuff like that, so take care.
1: So, it looks like we've got a little mock ball party forming here. Jason, BJ and Carl Rodriguez. I'd certainly love to play with you guys if we could figure out a time to do that i mean i'm not sure where where you are all in the country i know jason is on the east coast but other than that i'll uh, have to do my research for me ideally i would like sessions to be kind of 7:30 p.m gmt i mean that would that's probably the best time for me i once i got my oldest off to bed at least um in the games I'm currently playing in, I tend to start at seven pm because I've got, you know, people playing on the continent who don't necessarily want to stay up too late. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm not sure. I think it's it's a five hour time difference for me and Jason. I'm, uh, and like I say, I'm not sure what time zone the uh, the other guys are in. But um, I'd I'd certainly be up for that. Although I've I. I don't know. I think I'm still suffering from the kind of upheaval of the past 3 weeks. I'm, I'm I'm worrying about committing to anything at all at the moment to be honest. As for staying more serious, well anybody who listens to Grizzly Peaks radio may have seen that our previous call of cthulhu adventure is is now being aired the first episode of that appeared um a couple of days ago depending on whenever i get around to releasing this and you'll hear that we kind of really lean into the comedy on that one with this new adventure yes we are trying to be a little more serious uh but yes it is very tough um that's not to say it hasn't been fun but it's it's been a bit like um a bunch of kids trying to get through a minute's silence without giggling. I, th- I think I can speak for all of us when I say there's lots of biting our lips and watching seductive comedic opportunities sung to buy. Having said that, we're not adverse to cracking the odd joke or inserting the odd humorous line, but we but we are keeping that to a minimum. and and being wary not to offset the kind of gravity of what's going on. Hey, look, another box to open. Another A5 slim cardboard package. Uh, not sure what this is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh Oh very nice. This is solitary defilement. The solo morkborg engine. An engine of lonesome death by 1D10 plus five. And what have we got here? Oh we've got five little books here with a little uh, sort of band holding them all together. Let's slip those out of there. So, contents, basic mechanics, core observances, moves, oracles, traveling, dungeon crawling, micro crawls, record keeping, advice to players, and gameplay examples. And uh, yeah, it's got a whole bunch of tables and things. A little words. Uh, Flowchart, I do like a flow chart. Uh, little micro crawl there. Little map there, table at the back. No prior solo RPG knowledge required. The Morkball core book and Ferritory brackets or alternatively a handful of free Morkball cult digital downloads are all you need to get started. Oh, and a willingness to die. Ha <laughs> ha. Comprehensive rules for exploring the dying lands. Solitaire. Solitary defilement includes a series of moves tailored to Morkborg, solo play, introductory oracles to move your story forward, rules for travel and dungeon crawling, and an extended playbook example to introduce the concepts. So that's about what's that about thirty pages, is it? And let's have a look at what else we've got here. Shadow King, escape the dungeon of the Shadow King, an unforgiving solitaire for use with solitary defilement. And this is just a nice sort of card fold-out page. Common encounters, rare encounters, NPCs, special rooms, location. One sort of shot. One shot set up. All of Sorrows. Oh, so there's one of those. These are the, I think these are the, the stretch goals. Aqua Mortis. Escape the sewers of the Shadow King. A fetid and cruel solitaire. Yeah, and again, we've got common encounters, rare encounters, NPCs. Backtracking. Special rooms. One shot set up. Description. Sewer diseases. And then we've got, oh, we've got a pink one here. 1D10 plus 5 invites you to visit Park Pale. Haunting necromatic bastards in a Schleswig country garden. And yes, yeah, another card fold out. How many counters, rare encounters, NPCs, special locations, backtracking. Uh, this is like a strange... Country Park Yeah, that looks fun And finally Alone in the Crowd Cursed Cities Doomed Derives I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly And Fantastical Flaneurs Contents Welcome, Discovering Settlements Typical City Crawl New Moves, City Oracles Gameplay, Example chalice of rum now this is the what's this about 20 pages um, for city crawling alone in the crowd is a comprehensive a city crawling supplement for solitary defilement and milk ball. herein lies new rules for exploring urban settings and solitaire city-based adventures What fortunes and miseries await wander the town and cities of the dying land get lost this supplement introduces new moves and extensive oracles for navigating the wretched streets. Loot libraries, dive into the sewers, wrestle swine, gamble your dental health with an amateur dentist and make new enemies in the gutter. Live in the urban morkborg dream. Nice little package of things there that I, I might get round to playing one day. Doom, doom, doom. Another brown envelope. Now, I know what this is. It's from All Rolled Up. And it should be the... Yes, The D-Sanctions Adventures by Paul Bildowski and Richard August. Oh, and there's a... Oh, three, three bookmarks we've got on the on the bookmarks oh sorry the light's not very good in here <laughs> looks like a list of conditions bleeding bruised fallen smoldering fatigued sleepless wrapped gasping that's uh situational conditions lingering choking crushed sickly poisoned Malnourished, sleep-deprived, damned and diseased, or permanent, amnesiac, amputated, blind. So, uh, what's on this one? Order of bloodshed, basic hit resolution, out of action, D6 table, and reaction, D10. That's the obviously the initiative, order of events. Take a chance. State a goal, resolve attacks, handle damage. And what we got on this one. If you want to exercise influence, choose access. Leverage network, choose conspiracy. Always be prepared, choose kit. Impart mystic law, choose magic. Cut the red tape, choose system. Watch the watchers, choose vigilance. And uh, yeah, De Sanctions Adventures, a true and faithful transcription of matters concerning lost books, strange sorceries, befouled poppets, paradoxical poultry, accusations of witchcraft, and assaulted hellscapes. Interior illustrations Astanial. Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that, which I almost certainly am. And the wonderful work of Evelyn Moreau, who's done uh, yeah, images in the interior. And the cover. Leave this damned art, this magic that would charm thy soul to hell, And quite bereave thee of salvation. Plots hatch, plans unfurl, the threat to the life of Queen Elizabeth Looms large throughout her reign. The list of conspirators seemingly endless, yet Elizabeth endures through her intelligence networks. Hard work and sacrifice, their suspicion and conviction, lay bare those who conspire against her. You are agents of the de-sanction, this collection of adventures gathers together. Six of varied conspiracies and devilish plans that seek to bring about the end of Elizabeth's sovereignty. Only you have the means to discover the perpetrators and bring an end to their dark machinations. The D-Section Adventures includes six missions of diverse challenge and dark magic across both town and countryside, guidance and considerations upon linking the adventures into a campaign, maps and handouts for all the adventurers, including a keyed Osselstone 100. There we go. Now, the reason that wasn't in the initial delivery that I unboxed a couple of episodes ago was because I'd managed to open up two separate accounts using two email addresses on all rolled up. So I I managed to get the add-ons through one account while the Kickstarter reward was sitting, waiting patiently in the other account. So yeah, when I inquired to... Find out about that there was no hesitation in sorting out the confusion and uh, yeah setting things straight, so great work by all rolled up there having to deal with my um, convoluted shenanigans and now for your listening pleasure, another little cheeky unboxing um, this looks like a envelope containing a a5 book not sure what this is possibly aha something I ordered on Etsy apparitions of East Anglia selected folklore tales ghost stories and weird history now I you know I'm in the Scottish Highlands now but I'm originally from Essex in case you couldn't tell and um, I've always considered Essex to be part of East Anglia but it seems I might be in the minority there Um, so you know this may cover my old stomping ground but I'm a big fan of Norfolk and Suffolk uh, very beautiful and unique part of britain um and this is a yeah lovely this is a lovely looking book um soft cover but very nicely put together like a mauve kind of raisin colour cover uh, the title of the book in white some of the writing in black with a, a black image of uh, what looks like an uh, the head of a dog, mouth open, I don't know, with flames coming off it, and the image of a tower inside its mouth. I'm not sure the significance of that, perhaps. Perhaps it's the black shuck, a, uh, a large black dog associated with the area that's uh, usually seen by someone who's about to meet their end and, um, yeah, really nicely illustrated. Let's have a quick look at the back cover. East Anglia is a region filled with history and mystery, with the vast skies of the isolated fens to the desolate Suffolk coastline via the church ruins and deserted settlements of Norfolk. It is an oft-overlooked part of Britain, dismissed as flat and featureless. Nothing could be further from the truth. In this latest book of Chris Spalton, creator of the Elman Chronicles, we explore the selection of tall tales, grim histories and extraordinary events from East Anglia. Out in the tranquil rural environments are ghosts, witches and devils, and these are some of their stories. Conceived, explored and created during the COVID pandemic of 2020, this book represents a connection with our history, our landscape and ourselves. Immerse yourself in the law of the land and awaken a new appreciation of the world that lies just beside and beyond us, wherever we may be. Growing up in a remote rural village, you're surrounded by stories and strangeness. They're everywhere. Snippets overheard in the village shop. Spooky tales passed down by relations and relayed to friends. Rumours and murmurs of odd folk. Strange barns. Clumps of trees to be avoided. A child's footprint in ancient concrete in the far reaches of a large garden. They're in the names of lanes and roads, in decrepit old houses with barking dogs behind hedges over which you're too small to see. They hang ever present in the air. You just know the stories are there. It's as natural and as normal as anything else in village life. You need only peer out from the bedroom window, across the fields to the gloom, to sense that all is not what it seems. These tales make up a unique local history, woven through and connected by people, places and events, creating a super narrow mythology, a circle of legends spanning a two to three mile diameter from the village centre before reaching out into the Fen Venn diagram whose edges overlap slightly with the next village's own stories. And so it continues, connecting settlement to settlement. Via roads, bridges, and conversations over pints of ale in lonely pubs to build a web of regional myth from the seed of hyperlocal legends. Some stories make it no further than the village boundary. These are local tales for local people. Why you should stay away from the haunted house by the river with the big crack down the side or avoid Elbow Lane at night due to the strange noises that waft across the field at dusk. Outsiders have little need to heed such warnings. They wouldn't understand if you told them, so why bother trying? Some stories, however, are so strange, so unsettling, or so extraordinary, that they effortlessly travel this timeless web of connections that link villages extending out into the beyond to be heard processed and relayed by many more and no doubt embellished in their journey through time and travel. Once enough people hear them they begin to resonate a regional truth and from that point on they simply become as truthful as any words ever written, established and ingrained. They become real. And well that's just the first page. A lovely little book full of great images and great stories, I hope. Hey, what do you know? Another box. And this one's a little more substantial, an inch or so thick. Um, I think... I know what this is. It is, well that's the cardboard off, bubble wrapped, which I can see through. This looks very nice indeed. It is the new edition of Index Card RPG, the hardback version. Released through Modifius Entertainment. God, <laughs> they really squeezed that in there. Oh, there we go. Oh, and it's cellophane wrapped as well. Index card RPG Master Edition. You should know what this is. Let's have a look at the back. The system, a full blown D20 role playing system tested by thousands worldwide. This is the do anything, fast friendly rule set you've been looking for. The heroes, build, equip, customize, and evolve player characters from all over the multiverse. Tons of great powers and abilities to make your idea awesome. The worlds, five full worlds, fantasy, sci fi, weird west, ice age and supers. All the maps, lore and detail you need to go deep. The guts. Master the game with deep thinking on monsters, game mastering, encounters and story design. It's all here. I almost don't want to take the cellophane off this. It looks so nice and pristine. Come on! <laughs> I might not be able to get the cellophane off this. Created by, anchoring for an owl, Brandish Gilhelm, uh, Runehammer, whichever name he wishes to go by at any given time. The man behind drunkards and dragons. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. And uh, what a nice looking book this is too. And uh, yeah, when I saw he was bringing out a master edition, I just had to snap it up. Um, This has a few tweaks from the original edition. Um, Also, it's added in a few of the extra worlds and classes and things developed over its evolution no big drastic changes but um some more like uh, minor tweaks and refinements and it's just a very very nice thing and hankering is a a, a great guy Wonderful energy and you know it's, it's nice to be able to support the guy as well um, yeah this looks very nice indeed I'm going to enjoy delving into that. I believe anybody who bought the the first edition digitally gets a free copy of the core rules um, you know and including any of the changes. Made to this system and, and if anybody Would like to find out more About the Masters Edition And those changes Or just the, the system itself I direct you to Episode 100 Of Dragons Are Real By Pete Jones And also episode 245 Of Jason Connolly's Nerds RPG Variety Cast Two guys that have a lot more experience with the system and are far more informed about it than I am. Really worth listening. Also, you do well to go over and check out Runehammer on YouTube. Always worth listening to what old Hanker Inferno is up to.